This podcast will stir your passion. It's Jamily Matters, Pearl Jam Explored. Well, it's been a minute, but we are back. It is Jamily Matters, and it's a good one to come back on because uh, Billy and I have just, uh, well, I don't want to say just completed a run. You've actually still got a couple of shows. Pearl Jam out on their North American uh, leg two uh, of their tour, and uh, we just had a chance to see them together for the first time, and I was like, Billy, I know, I know that you are extremely busy, and I know that you barely want to do this podcast anymore, but please come on the show so we can discuss Madison Square Garden, Pearl Jam, September 11th, and Billy, uh, what's your, what was your top-line thoughts on, on the show? I, okay, now it's like three days later, and I'm still like having trouble coming down from this show. Uh, I, I had so many, so many emotions that were, were going on. Like I, first I, I was, I was with the best crew ever. <laughs> I finally got to go to a Pearl Jam show with you and we've now been talking Pearl Jam for two plus years. So that was like heavy for me. Uh, and then we're at Madison square garden and we're at New York city and it's nine 11. And, um, it's, it's a little hard for me to, to take it all in how, how special it was. This is definitely one of the most memorable uh, shows for me ever. And I think it was just because of the entire experience of who I was with and then the band and, and all of it. It was just, it was just amazing. You um so you invited a, a group of uh, family and then a couple of friends to come and sit with you. One of them being Paul uh, Fletcher, who we've had on the podcast, and I, I feel like we need to get back on at some point as well because uh, just getting to hang out with him and talk to him about the band and his love of the band. It's just it's just awesome. And and uh, Billy is is has another show to hit up. Uh, you'll be in Nashville. Yes, Nashville tomorrow night. And I was coming from uh, Toronto. So just having a run of shows is just so awesome because you get to really enjoy the fellowship of Pearl Jam fans. And so it was in the line. It was Billy, Paul, and then me. So I didn't actually get a chance to talk much to you during the show, which I think is good, especially for the purposes of this podcast, because now we can share it now. But it was really awesome just being able to share it with Paul, who is a big fan, obviously, if you listen to the episode that he was on. But just like it's fun because like in this podcast, there are like Billy loves the punk rock songs from Pearl Jam. I like the bluesy songs from Pearl Jam. We actually end up all loving Pearl Jam, but seeing people get excited about things that we don't usually get excited about gets us excited all over again. And that happened. Like every time I looked over and there was a couple of things where, you know, the crowd was maybe wasn't as into it as they were for, for the song before. Billy's over there rocking. And uh, I hope <laughs> that the same thing was true when you looked over to me and, and oh, Paul, yeah. Paul getting excited over certain songs. And we're going to talk about those songs specifically in just a second. But it just it, it raises your enjoyment of the show when you see people around you enjoying parts that you might uh, bathroom break uh, or just go, all right, I'm going to kind of just chill out on this one. So it was awesome to feel that energy. <laughs> that you're, you're spot on because I was, you know, as the set was going from you and I now doing this for, for two years, there were songs and I was like, oh, man, I would, I, would, I would think of you in particular. And then I'd look over and I was, I was <laughs> right. And you were excited and happy. Um, so that's, that is when you know we've all gone to another level because not only do we love this band, we also know what our friends' favorite songs are too. 
so I'd look at you and I saw you happy and then I saw Paul happy for his um it was just uh it, it was such a great 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 night great experience and it's, and the beautiful thing about Pearl Jam is the variety of the sets, and I think that's the thing that separates them from 90% of the other bands that are on the road now. Uh, you can go to setlist.fm or uh, whoever you're, wherever you get your setlist and look at any band, and whatever they played the three nights before that is what they're going to play that night for a variety of reasons, and it's not to disparage those bands. The lighting setup is different. If you're putting on a stage, like a show show, not just the music, you've got to have all that. If you've got video elements, that has to be placed. You can't just mix it up, but that's the beauty of Pearl Jam is the stage is stripped down, the show is the band performing, and they can and do uh, adjust on the fly and change up the sets. I bring that up because... They did a lot of songs that they have not done in a while um, on this tour or even in the last few tours. But I think Billy will 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 confirm this. My favorite, my the thing I this, the song I rocked out the most to was "Given a Fly," which I've probably heard fifteen out of the twenty five times I've seen the band. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because every time I hear that song or they they play that song, I, I lose my shit. And and spoiler alert, I lost my shit on that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. For the record, you know, uh, you sent me a text because uh, I, you know, <laughs> hey, everyone, we, we had dinner beforehand. We had some drinks and I had to pee. I couldn't wait any longer. So I had to go to, <laughs> during dissonant. That is not a bathroom break song for me. I, I literally like was jogging to go and then i was laughing because you know you could still hear all the tracks from the bedroom and when i heard giving the fly come on i was like oh man roach's gonna kill me i'm not back in my seat for giving the fly i'm, so, oh, I'm well it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't that uh far into the show yeah. number one number yeah. two we we kind of had talked about hey what are some good bathroom break songs and we've done that in our album breakdown of you know hey that's a song that i usually go to the bathroom on or whatever so when i looked over and dissident was on which i love uh and by the way my love of blues jam that was probably the first blues jam song i think i said yeah. that on the verses episode but as mike's playing i'm like oh my god this is like if I get that or Red Mosquito or Half Full in a set, I'm fine with any of those three, and we got it. And it's a song that they haven't played in a while. And then I look over to Billy, like, yeah, they're wrong. oh, she's not here. Okay, so then I <laughs> send her a quick test, going, okay, so Dissident is your bathroom break song. Noted. <laughs> uh, no, on a on a Pearl Jam show at Madison Square Garden, where you haven't seen them in forever, and it's nine eleven. There is not one song that's a bathroom <laughs> song, but you know. I'm getting old and you got, you got to, when you got to go, you got to go. I, I get it. I totally get it. And look, I, um, as we'll get to, as we, uh, kind of lay out the night from, from the both of our point of views, uh, I also, I also had to miss some songs, unfortunately, uh, because you're getting older and you got some responsibilities and I, I had to do some stuff, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. What was your thoughts? And this is what Pearl Jam is kind of they've kind of reset themselves. And I think they started it uh, maybe a show or two into the Canadian leg of the tour. And it seems like it's a thing that they are going to do now. What are your thoughts on the the, the stools at the beginning where they play uh, not acoustic, but uh, it's definitely a walking start to the show. And unlike how they usually do, which is a slow song and then they start rocking out, this is like four or five songs where they're all seated and they're all kind of just getting their legs under them, letting the crowd get their legs under them uh, and going. This is a new thing for them. What are your thoughts on that? 
I think it's, I think it builds even more like excitement and oh, momentum. Totally. Cause it's like, it's like, cause we're just, ah, oh, we're easing in this. It makes you almost think like, ah, oh, the show's going to be longer because like, you know, they're, they're doing an intro like this. It's it's gonna, it's gonna build and it's, it's going to be unbelievable. I love it. I love, uh, actually, I absolutely love easing into it. Cause I think it gets me more excited. So I'm thinking about what else is, is to come. So I love it. I you, love this new setup. Your point is, is a perfect one because Look, you're at a Pearl Jam show. You're waiting for the lights go down. The lights go down, and you have that kind of release of energy where you're like, "Yes, they are about to play." But I know it's going to be a slow song. Ah, uh, but I'm I just this this is about to happen. And then they play that slow song, and then they go to another slow song or slower song, and then they go to another kind of down tempo song. And you're excited, and you're you've you've had that first release, but then it starts to build up again. That pressure cooker starts to build up again, so that then when they then go here we go, we're all standing up. It's like almost like a second kind of release of that pressure and a second kind of, oh my gosh, they just hit the stage excitement, which, you know, usually you can only capture once a show. They kind of give it to you twice with this new setup. Oh, man. I just love it. As you're talking, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about, I, um, for those who haven't seen the show yet, I hope I hope you do. And it's just... Uh, and definitely, like, there was actually, there was a group of people behind us that said that. I heard them. They're like, oh, shit, they're sitting down. This is be like, <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to be here all night. They're just easing into this. And it was, uh, well, I yeah. think, look, if we're going to, I think if we're going to keep it real on this podcast, and we do for better or for worse, th- I think that the, that slow start allows them to have more energy over the course of the show. Uh, I think the days of 30 plus songs are over. Um, I think the days of just ha- being able to let it loose uh, for two and a half hours are over. Those are concessions to age. I, what I what I like to turn it back into the positive that it is is it gives us a different kind of feel at Pearl Jam shows that is for me no less fulfilling than than the we're gonna be here all night mentality. Honestly, I literally couldn't be there all night. That's why I missed the whole encore because I couldn't be there all night because of age related things and uh, you know the the stamina of the band is different. Ed's voice, I would assume, not saying for sure, is more fragile than it was before because of of age. I think this is a really good way to kind of, okay, look, we're not giving you three and a half hour shows, but we are giving you something different and something unique that other bands aren't giving you with the variety. And then also this kind of setup where, again, if you're a Pearl Jam fan, these songs are songs that would be difficult to work in over the course of a show. You can get more of these types of, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing these songs out when you're doing sort of a strip down. So if we go to the beginning, it was release, it was garden, it was comeback, and then it was present tense. You would never get all of those songs in a row or even dispersed throughout a set because they are a certain type of tempo and you can't do those type those tempo type songs throughout the course of a show and maintain the energy level that you want to give. So you get those songs that you probably wouldn't have gotten in a traditional quote Pearl Jam performance. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I just, I think it's funny, like, you know, the band obviously is, it's important to them to keep changing and, and evolving. And I, I just, I love that. They could easily just come out like they did the last time we, we, mm-hmm. we saw them. But this was just like, you know, it really, right from the beginning, you're like, oh, wow, like, I don't know what to expect. And that was, uh, that was so exciting. So then the, the thing that I saw that was different um, from Toronto to, to MSG um, 
which probably I, we'll see what happens with you when you see them in Nashville. They they ran they ran through all the songs with the stools, and then they uh, had the stools taken away, and then they they got into um, the kind of up tempo songs. This one was really really well done at MSG, where they play present tense, which you know is a big slow song at the beginning, but then when it kicked in, they all kind of and it started off with Mike. They kicked their stools away and and really just rocked out the end, which was just like, it was amazing to see. And Paul mm-hmm. even leaned over to me and he was like, Mike McCready could not sit down any longer. Like it was just like, <laughs> you could feel the ants in his pants. And he was just like, no, no, we're not sitting down anymore. And it was just really, really <laughs> awesome that they, the way they transitioned from the stools to the, to the rocking out all standing up in, in the middle of a song. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely could feel how important the show was to them there's there's no doubt you could you could feel that energy on on stage like and even like we'll get into it more but like what what some of eddie's comments were right. too about what he said like um this was a this was a special night the uh it was it so they kicked the stools out and it's they rock out at the end and it's present tense so look i get it present tense is a great song but it's also not one of their, oh, my, like, it's not better man for the crowd, you know? Like, I don't know how many hardcore Pearl Jam fans are in the house. Let's say it's half. The other half are there for the for the hits. Present Tense mm-hmm. isn't one of those hits. So it, they rocked out so much. That I'm talking about the, the crowd. And this is when I knew, man, this MSG crowd is different. It's just hitting different. And I'm sure, I'm sure the Philly crowd, the Camden crowd hit different as well. Um, some Some of these venues, some of these cities are just huge passionate pearl jam cities boston is another one and so at the end of present tense ed commented on the the literal ground moving underneath and if anybody felt it and from there he was like let's keep it going and then went into porch which is usually the closer of the main set so i don't know about you billy i lost my freaking mind yes. when they went into porch as like the fifth or sixth song in the set it was insane. Everyone was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> no one knew how to control uh, you, me, Paul, and like everyone that we were with. It was just like, it, yeah, it was, it was wild, wild. Like what, like, when did that ever happen? Like, never. <laughs> it was so wild that Billy, Billy was like, I got to go to the bathroom. And then that's when she went and did her bathroom. No, it was no. <laughs> Uh, actually, that probably had a lot to do with it. I was like, oh, my God, they're playing porch. Like, this is going to get insane. I better go now. Like, you know, like, what, what's what's going to come next? I can't I can't miss what's next. So they do Dissident, and uh, which, of course, I told you I love, and Given the Fly, which is my favorite song of all time. Spoiler, that'll be number one on our song rankings, which, by the way, I don't know if Billy will be continuing on. It, it might just be a Roach song <laughs> ranking. It, it was very difficult for Billy to do the song ranking. So I think what we'll do is we'll we'll continue the song rankings just for me uh, as second segments of, of other episodes. Billy, Billy had a lot of anxiety for that episode and I felt bad <sighs> for her. So I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to tell her that she doesn't have to do that anymore and I will yes. just rank from here on out. But anyway, so then we get our first um, of the gigaton songs. They did. Now, if I can look at it, they did whoever said seven o'clock and dance of the clairvoyance and that's it. Okay. So, they did three songs off of Gigaton. What were your thoughts on hearing the Gigaton songs for the first time live? I, I mean, well, I heard them actually um, first time live. Oh, that's live right. Was, you saw them yep. last year. Yep. See, see here now. And 
I'll say like the difference between then and now, like these songs sounded incredible at the garden. I think see here now they were still working them out. It was still so well, definitely it was the first show first ever they that played, they, right? they that they played them. Um, and you could one hundred percent feel feel the difference. But I feel at this point now with them coming from Europe and then these dates, them incorporating Josh into the band, you could feel that this new song sounded amazing. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, um, Josh's involvement too. But I thought they sounded great. Dance of the Clairvoyance sounded, sounded awesome. Amazing. It sounded yeah, awesome. That's amazing. It sounded awesome. Um, seven o'clock. I think that was my number one on Gigaton. So I was really glad I got that. I got whoever said uh, at Toronto. So that was actually my second time hearing that. And I also got Never Destination in Toronto, which is another one of my top five songs off of Gigaton. I was really glad to get that. Um, I thought the song sounded good. Not great. Uh, except for Dance of the Clairvoyance. Dance of the Clairvoyance sounded awesome. Um, and But, you know, look, I thought they sounded really, really good. And I was I was happy to get them. And I was hoping to get more of Gigaton songs. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been the, the Apollo show was the one where they really were like, let's do some Gigaton, which was a good call. It's, that was the right setting for that. Uh, you brought up Josh. This This was my first time seeing him within the context of the band over the last two dates. And... I thought he added a lot uh, to it. I also thought he did a good job with the backup vocals. And I don't know mm-hmm. if the rest of the band enjoys doing background vocals. It feels like Matt really likes doing background vocals. Um, Jeff does them. And then I think Stone will do it if you if you ask him to do it. This is my outsider's point of view of it. But it was nice to see the the like it felt like the rest of the band could just focus on their instruments. And Josh did a great job of just augmenting everything uh, around what the band was trying to do and and make it just a little more of a fuller sound. I liked I liked Josh in the context of the band, and I also liked his placement where you know he wasn't distracting, but he was on stage and he was doing his thing, and he was he does a lot of things. So it was it was really I thought he fit in very nicely with the stage setup. Yeah, yeah, and like I I feel like you could you definitely feel his him more in these in these new songs because you're right. like oh wow yeah yeah like he's definitely there's a there's this whole added layer to to that um but yeah he really um he just knows kind of he's he's kind of like a wizard back there just doing a little bit of everything yep. and tweaking things as it goes to make the set just i mean like flawless it's it it sounds great the um the 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 daughter tag which we were all like what's the daughter tag and we were all like I, <laughs> And it's funny because I really like it was Chase Lange from uh, Wet Leg. I really like that song a lot. I really like Wet Leg a lot. But I think the fact of not expecting to hear Pearl Jam do a tag of Daughter with a Wet Leg song, didn't the connections didn't fire off. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, and here's what I think. The fam was there that night. I think that was a bone to his to his girls of hey look daddy's still cool I I got this wet <laughs> wet I got this wet leg song in there uh, what do you think and I say that because well actually what were your thoughts when you found out it, it was actually wet leg at the end well I I, I knew right I, I love that song I love wet leg uh, I've so you seen knew a bunch this past year right when he started doing it, I was like, oh, oh my god because Paul said, and I were uh, like who what is this what's this tag. 
Yep. I said to my husband, Bobby, who was sitting next to me, and Paul, I was like, I was like, oh my God, he's doing wet leg. Um, no, I love it. That has been such a huge song this year um, it, everywhere. So mm -hmm. I thought that was really, I mean, like if you think of any like new fresh cover to put in there it's like wow that that's good that's the track yeah. um so i thought that was real and you're right yeah it's probably a lot like of you know the influences around the band um these days but uh yeah that's that's great i do remember bringing up wet leg um back in march to to, to stone and uh because because they were playing south by southwest and i was like oh you gotta check out wet leg and he's like oh okay i will so it's cool to see all of this <laughs> uh kind of like this this that band becomes so big that now they're on the radar of Pearl Jam and Harry Styles just covered Wet Leg. So yeah, very, very cool to to bring that um and do that song. I don't know if you you've picked up on that Billy just took credit for them doing uh Oh leg. God, no, did. I didn't. No. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that was zero. I thought that's zero. what you did. Oh uh, sorry, sorry. I misread that. I misread <laughs> that whole thing. So funny no, oh, funny no, story, I mean, uh for me at least, uh as a dad. And for you soon as a mom, you're not your your kids are still a little too young, but it's coming. Um, the, it was a star studded affair at Madison Square Garden. Um, the the Williams sister were, were there. They got shouted out. It was awesome. And they were just kind of a couple of rows and just over from us. So it was cool to see them kind of rocking out to, to the songs and, and them enjoying it. Uh, it felt like a lot of the band's families were there, uh, including Ed's daughters and his youngest daughter. Uh, every time I looked over head in the phone doing something else. And I looked at it and I couldn't help but chuckle because I'm like, you know what? You could be the coolest person on the face of the earth, but you're still just dad and you still just <laughs> whatever. I don't even care anymore. And that's that's what it is. And it was just funny to go. This guy is literally got 20,000 people eating out of the palm of his hands. And that 20,000 first person <laughs> is his daughter and she's she she could not be less impressed by what was going on it was fantastic <laughs> Uh, you know, we just we just hope that our kids will, you know, uh, enjoy us as we get older. And uh, yeah, all the time. I'm like to my oldest, who's seven now, like, you want to go to a show with me? He's like, no. No. Uh, <laughs> gosh, one day I hope I can impress him. <laughs> so the uh, and, and look, here's my big thought. And I, this is this is a Pearl Jam fan comment. If if there ever was one, I was fortunate enough to see them in Toronto. It was a great set. I was fortunate enough to see them in Madison Square Garden. It was a great set. As I looked at the set list from Camden, I think to myself, God damn, I wish I was at that yes. show instead of the shows I was at. And then you, and the reason I bring it up now is because I'm looking over the set of MSG and I'm like, no, dude, the set you saw was awesome. So really, and this is what I hear, this is literally my thought process today. God damn, that Philly set looked really good. I, sh I wish I'd gone to that one instead of MSG. No, wait a second. MSG was awesome. Okay, I wish I would have gone to that one instead of Toronto. Dude, Toronto set was awesome. You were No, you're right. What I what I wish I'd have done is gone to Hamilton, Toronto, MSG, Philly. That's so that's a and that's a Pearl Jam comment through and through because you saw an amazing show and then the show before and after you're like, Ooh, I probably should have gone to those shows instead of my show. No, what I should have done is gone to all three shows. No, I should have <laughs> gone to all four shows. That's what I would that would have checked it off and I would have been totally happy and I wouldn't be pushing it. But until I see the Nashville set and I would have been like, I wish I'd have gone to that show too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! First thing I did when I woke up this morning. Pulled up. <laughs> How awesome did that set look in Holy Philly? Shit. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, 
dead. Like open with wash. Like ah. Well, oceans. You know, I've but, never seen. I've never seen oceans live. It's the only song off of Ten that I've not heard live. And they did it. And I, and Leash. I've never heard live. And they did that. And I'm like. I wish I was at that. Hard to imagine is a top 10 song for me. They did that. I was like, I wish I was at that. No, Gregory, calm down. You were at Mass. You were blessed to go to MSG. You were blessed to be in Toronto. Please stop being greedy about it. But I wish I was at that show. I totally wish I was at that show. (laughs) So I bring it up because we got at MSG that they did not get in Camden slash Philly. We got Chloe Dancer. We got Crown of Thorns. That's a song that is rarely done, and we got it. And I'm sure people in Philly were like, oh, my God, I wish I was at that show. The FOMO was real, but we got some good stuff. And I thought that sounded fantastic, Billy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I Now, I've, I agree. I wish I was there. I was like, oh, my God, it's only an hour and a half from my house. Am I a <laughs> dumbass? Like, why didn't I go? You know, but I will say I'm so glad. I was at to have if if I was to have been at Philly and not New York and I missed Chloe Dancer and Crown of Thorns, I would have died because I still if I had to rank either that was that was it for me that Fair. was the highlight of MSG. Oh, show. that was that was one hundred. I walk away being completely satisfied um, knowing that I got 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 to see those both. It's just those hit so hard for me. There's so much memories behind that. And you think about Andy Wood and, yep. and the, the band getting to this point with Ed and the whole thing. And, uh, you know, there was a dear friend in the room. Michael Goldstone was there. Michael signed Mother Love Bone and seeing that the whole thing. And I'm uh, I'm grateful I get to work with, with Stone now. And that's because of Goldie. So that whole thing, really, the whole, it just all got me. And I was like, this, Powerful. Is, this yeah. is great. That it's, was, it's, it was that was very powerful. That was so well said. And uh, yeah, that 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 was just that was that was beautiful. And uh, then to come right back with Sonic Reducer, which is a song that they used to play all the time in the early 90s. And it hasn't really popped up since. So to get that song was really fun. Um, before we get to the uh, encore set and then kind of wrap up this episode of Jamly Matters, which I hope is a return to us putting out episodes consistently which we, we will because Billy will be seeing them again so she can recap Nashville as well. I think that um, I, I really I really was moved by Ed's 9-11 comments. I was really moved by his first responder comments. And I was also um, satisfied. I, I can't think of the right word. In the 2000s, the early 2000s, it was all about Ed kind of politicizing everything and and making his point and his all of his points were valid, but he was doing it in such a way that I feel like it alienated uh, a certain segment of the fan base. And what he said at MSG on September 11th was, in fact, he went out of his way to say, this is not about politics. This is about unity. And if we can come together and th-, like, I just thought what he said was so much more impactful today than what he was saying in 2000s. In, in, in literally 2000. And it was it was really awesome to hear him articulate himself in a way that got the message across of I'm not trying to tell you how to think. I'm just telling you this is this is kind of where we should be going. And this is what unity is all about. And this is what we should be working towards together. That's really very powerful and well said, because you think about it. They, they must think about that all the time. Their fan base probably 
Definitely doesn't agree with everything that Pearl Jim says. It's 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 very much it could go either way. And his message, it was exactly that. It was like, I think I hope that everyone in that room can relate to what he's what he said, because it's absolutely true. And it has nothing to do with all the politics and what you might feel and, and, and who you voted for and all that. That was a, uh, a a powerful message to tell to tell that room. Yeah. Two things before we wrap up. Uh, my kid uh, is is a soccer player and he was doing something. And he, for the first he's doing something in the fall. And that is practicing uh, with a with a with a trainer at 530 every Monday morning. And the show was on Sunday night and I need to take him. the last train from New York for that night to D.C. was. Eleven oh five. So. I get up and I leave before the encore. So I miss the encore. And Billy, you don't know this. The the, the worst part was my train was delayed 20 minutes. Oh. So look, I don't need to see uh, Rockin' the Free World and Alive. Yeah. I've seen them a million times. But Purple Rain would have, I would have had to walk yeah. out. To, if I knew the train was 20 minutes delayed, I would have walked out right at the end of Purple Rain and been perfect. <laughs> How was Purple Rain? And then we're going to, then we're going to wrap this episode up. Oh, Absolutely incredible. I, I, Josh, I mean, really um, has perfected. I, I've listened to that song um, a couple times in their other sets um, from these previous shows, and he really, um, I thought it was amazing. I also thought it was cool for those to listen. Paul Fletcher, who was with us, is from Minneapolis. Right. I thought that was pretty special um, to for him. Maybe, maybe somewhere out there, the the, the rock gods uh, decided to play that one for, for Paul. I was thinking of him while I was on the train seeing that they were doing that song so it was awesome. So there you go. MSG, there's your recap. Billy, enjoy Nashville uh, tomorrow Thank and hopefully you. we'll talk next week and do a recap of that as well. Sounds good. Thank you. Now, it's your turn. Post your thoughts on the Jamily Matters Facebook page or send an email to jamilymatters at gmail.com.